show. I'm Alex McDougald, and this is INSEAD in Conversation With, a podcast series in which our guests share their stories, thoughts, and insights with us. In this episode, we're with Heidi Hauer, a leadership and holistic health coach and a past participant of INSEAD's coaching certificate program. And we're going to spend some time talking about Heidi's journey into coaching and why she believes that health and well-being should matter in leadership and how leadership should be seen as a holistic concept that involves the mind, body and spirit and not just performance. Heidi, thank you very much for being with us today. I wanted to start this podcast um, by setting the scene for our audience. In that sense, would you be able to perhaps give our audience a bit of background into your career, who you are as a person and how you came to work as a coach? Today, I'm a leadership coach and a holistic health expert. Um, I've 20 years of corporate experience. I've lived in London, Brussels, Vienna, and I'm now based in Zurich. And my mission is now to support leaders to really step into their power and um, enjoy life, work, um, but also perform at their very best. Given your experience as well um, in the corporate world and also, of course, now as, as coach, how do you feel that leadership as a role has evolved in the way people expect leadership to be done and also how people expect to be led? Definitely. So I see a clear shift in that, and that's for two reasons. The first thing is the environment, which is more complex, more uncertain, and it's far harder to predict what's happening tomorrow. And the second reason is the people themselves, and they have changed, or the younger generation specifically. Just because you tell me to do something is no longer good enough reason for me to actually do that. And and really understanding what the expectations are, how the mindset of the younger generation works. And that has direct implications on the type of leaders that organizations and the world need today. So the typical top-down leadership, control, critique, command is, in my view, clearly a thing of the past. Today requires leaders who are humble, but who also know how to empower, enable, coach, support, guide, and give clear directions when it's required. And I think that um, intuition to know when to do situational leadership or the situational leadership style in terms of when to do what and in which in which way for which audience, um, I think that's key today. And that might be leading from the middle, leading from the backstage or the new term servant leadership, whatever it is, I think having the skill to know what is needed, um, that's really the art of um, leadership today, as I said. Does it create extra kinds of pressures for those leaders who have just been used, you know, their behaviours who are, which are ingrained to then shift um, to match such expectations? Does it, yes, it's a good thing, of course, that the, the landscape is shifting, but is it in itself, this, the, the dark side, if you like, is greater pressures in, on those leaders to meet expectations and, and, and the dangers of not meeting them uh, are greater? I think the answer is both. There are more pressures and less pressures at the same time. On the, on the one hand, um, th there is always the pressure to deliver more with less. I think that's an evergreen that's always been around and will always be in the future. So um, irrespective of gender, speaking to people um, from the new generation and being more authentic and being more genuine and being more vulnerable, maybe in a way is more pressure, but at the other hand is also less pressure. It's like, it's not, not anymore about fake it until you make it. It's, it's really also being 
able to connect with people at a more heart-based um, level and, and really understanding and capturing people's minds and hearts from an authentic place. I feel that the world is extremely challenged in many ways these days. And um, it's also about finding solutions where no solutions have been found so far. And there is a greater urgency than ever before, I feel. And that might mean on a big scale, like turning concepts of circular economy into viable options for a wide range of industries. And it can also mean new ways of working where well-being at work is a core pillar of peak performance and not just an add-on or a nice picture on the website of the company. So really understanding how things have changed. And Maybe a bit on female leaders, and I see three dimensions where the pressures are higher on female leaders than leaders in general. And one is the, the additional, the invisible labor, as they say at home, still predominantly falls into the responsibility of women. And we've seen that um, with studies during COVID, um, where it was harder for female leaders to do so. Number two is that, of course, the internal life of women that I um, know quite well now through my coaching, which I've specialized in supporting female leaders, is there is a huge tendency to expect a lot of themselves. The strive to be perfect doesn't help. The inner critic is very vocal. So there is a adjustment, I would say, um, that also w women can allow themselves or give themselves permission to be more authentic, be more natural um, in the way they show up. And the third part is that um, feminine qualities such as collaboration skills, intuition, empathy, compassion are still seen as nice to have in the workplace rather than core leadership skills. So I think there is a shift for all of us to do what is true leadership of the future and, and how do we reward that? Do you feel that slowly but surely... Perhaps you said these are feminine traits, perhaps a little bit, but do you feel like the idea of compassion, empathy, collaboration are things that are becoming more and more expected of leaders today, especially the younger generations? I thought that, that I mean, you hear, you read a lot about, you know, younger generations not being very choosy on who they work for. And they, a lot of their criteria is actually based on well-being and, and, uh, uh, and, and compassion within the workplace, not just about the numbers, it's about how you take care of the people. The, the people holistically as well, yes. And maybe to add to what I said before, um, I mean, I usually don't like to say man and women. It's more feminine or female energies or qualities and um, and male and masculine ones. And I've, I've experienced amazing male leaders who are really able to play the entire scale of our emotions and, and are incredibly skilled in also empathy and compassion, et cetera. So I think that's just a statement that I wanted to make that it, it really applies to all leaders in general. Can you share with us about your own leadership journey and what's led you to shift really from being in the corporate life to someone who's more focused on coaching and helping others, whether it's professionally or personally speaking? I mean, throughout my career, I've been truly blessed that I've had excellent line managers, male and female, who really believed in me and supported me on my professional growth journey, which I'm truly thankful for. And the more I grow, the more this um, wish and desire evolved to also help and support 
others. Um, and at the beginning of my career, I was a very ambitious individual contributor, as they say, and um, very focused on um, getting my um, career started in the best possible way. Um, and then I learned the teams, team working skills, and um, I realized um, I can't do everything alone. I need to be able to work with others and, and collaborate. And then the third stage, so to say a third phase, was really then to to lead others in a way that they can be at their best and really taking a backseat. Um, and that is somehow what then led me into coaching, which you could say is somehow the fourth stage <laughs> of even taking another step back um, and observing others, um, mirroring others, guiding others and supporting them. It's something that I've I've done more and more through my career. And then I started to establish the coaching practice in parallel to the corporate career. And I enjoyed the sessions in the evenings and the weekends so much that I decided to take the leap of faith. And um, I'm very pleased um, with how things are going at the moment. The question that comes to mind next is, um, you spoke there about focusing on your career and, and, and being able to take stock, which often is very hard to do for executives. But what are the temptations and perhaps dangers of, of being trapped in that career bubble and not taking stock of what really makes you happy? There is something that's called the zone of delusion. So you're not aware of what's happening to you. You're mindlessly working away until you get a rude wake up call or a hard and harsh one. And, um, I've been in this place and as a recovering workaholic, I have to say, I have to remind myself of my own, um, teachings from time and time again, because it's so easy to get trapped again in that retrace in that, um, bubble. And the thing is you might then realize something is not going well. I'm not happy, but Awareness is one thing. And the second thing is then to have an idea of what's the way out. What is an alternative way of behaving, thinking, working? And that's also quite a difficult nut to crack. So to some extent, you could say it's a little bit like you've had a, one or two glasses of red wine too much, and then you want to drive. You might think, oh, that's fine. I can still do that. But the reality is you shouldn't. And that's a little bit like working too much because the side effects of poor judgment um, and of course the, the health, the mental health that is declining is something that goes gradually and you don't notice it so easily. And, and that's the difficult part. And if you don't take yourself out of that picture regularly, um, it's very hard to see what's actually going on with you. Because it's something, again, you read a lot about, uh, uh, especially since COVID, of course, is people realizing, gosh, um, is this what I want to be doing with my life and taking stock of of, them, of their careers? Have you noticed just naturally a, a greater um, influx uh, of people uh, to you uh, wishing to assess? No, I think COVID definitely has accelerated that awareness or realization of what am I actually doing with my life? That question of what's happening with me and do I want this? Do I want this job? Do I want this profession? And um, there are people who come to me who have taken a sabbatical and they say, now I have the time to think. I need a coach to reflect on what is it that I'm really good at? What it is that what's my purpose in life? Can you help me get through that um, sabbatical and then have a solution afterwards? What's my way forward? But the thing is, um, we, when you are 
in the career bubble, you don't even have time to think or reflect properly. And actually, it depends on the person. There are some people who need that big chunk of time to reflect and really take um, stock. And there are other people who are really good at having someone to guide them in parallel to their career to make um, decisions and transitions as they need it. How detrimental do you think it is for a leader or other to ignore their health and their well-being? And what do you think is the message that they send out to those around them in doing so? And maybe a, a story here. I once interviewed a very young, highly talented man for an internship. And he shared with me that he closely looks at the leaders of the company and how they also physically look. Because he said, if they, if I don't get the impression that they can simply look after themselves, how can they possibly look after an entire organization? So having that self-leadership figured out in a way that you are in the majority of the cases, a, a balanced person, um, well-rested, um, well-nurtured, so that your brain actually functions properly is a prerequisite for, for good leadership in my view. And I, I thought at that time, well, that's a very extreme view of that young man. But on the other hand, I've, I find he's right. And to give another example, I've once been um, in a conversation with a senior leader and it was a very hectic day. And he came to me in the afternoon and was completely overwhelmed and said to me, oh, my God, I've just had such a busy day. I didn't even have time to go to the loo. And I was like, shouldn't I cry or laugh or what is that? I mean, you are running a very huge company and you tell me you don't even have those basic things under control. So from that perspective, I really do find having a strong core and foundation within oneself to know um, where to set um, boundaries and priorities is, is the starting point for how do I lead other human beings, how do I grow a company? I think it's interesting that there's a couple of things that again come to mind is, I suppose you get your take on this, there's been a lot of high profile, let's say scandals in the corporate world of companies that do just the opposite of looking after their people, perhaps they are so focused on the short term, the numbers, the shareholders, um, et cetera. And of course, yes, let's be honest, numbers do matter and they're not uh, charities often. But it, 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 there have been a number of scandals that have shown how this uh, focus on the metrics is detrimental to the health of human health of the organization. Do you feel that people, um, because these are so prom prominent in the media when they do happen to certain companies, do you feel that people, as a wake-up call for people looking to get into the workforce, of no, this is not the example of a company that I wish to work for. I wish to work for um, a company that does value me as a human being and, and whilst making money, of course, but also there's a nice balance between that and, and looking after the people. It definitely has an impact. I mean, I have coaches and mentees who come to me and say they'd like to set up their own business. They'd like to be either um, creating a company or doing their own thing on their own because they just cannot stand this machinery of 
um, where they feel they have to be a robot rather than a human being themselves. And those people are usually leaders in a way. And there are two ways how I approach them. On the one hand, I encourage them also to carve out more space for being human. And and um, because I believe we, we need people in the system to do good and not everyone i think it's not a solution if you if, if you just move to bali and mm -hmm. and teach mm -hmm. yoga i think that's not what the world at large will change <laughs> might be good for you but not for the entire system so um I encourage people usually to, to really look what is the sphere of influence they have, how much more can they um, change within their remit and their scope before they take the decision to say, um, I leave and I go and I've had enough. What has been for you in your coaching experience and the people you've coached, your most memorable coaching experience, the one you're most proud of, let's say? There are many examples that come to my mind, but one maybe particular, I've worked with a female lawyer and she was eating chocolate mainly throughout the day, didn't dare to speak up at meetings, um, was working day and night and, and really was hugely exhausted. And she joined my six months coaching program. We worked um, together quite intensely and closely. And, and at the end, she really transformed into a far more self-confident person. She, um, she took a, she, she got a promotion. She um, had the entire health chapter, I would say, in her, in her life figured out. Um, so she started cooking at home and really enjoying it. And then on top of that, she, she told me that she was um, going to a weekend retreat on breath work, et cetera. And that is so fulfilling because within a, sh a relatively short period of six months, I could see an entire transformation and the best part is that I got her interested in all sorts of different areas that she, that I really felt now she can continue that journey on her own. I've opened doors for her. I've, I've showed her ways to do things differently. And, and there is nothing more um, fulfilling for me than this. Before we close off, I suppose, the, the, the episode is one, one way of nicely wrapping up what we've been speaking about is you've mentioned in the past to us that that true success for you is is it's a holistic concept. Um, uh, there are many uh, parts to the puzzle, and when they come together, that's great. You've you've achieved your success. What do you mean by this uh, success as a holistic concept? And and that it's also you've also mentioned to me that it's an inside job that starts with your health. Um, so I'd just be interested in hearing more about your take on both of those and understanding more what you mean by the concept and and what you mean by an inside job. By holistic, I mean body, mind, spirit, um, nurturing yourself in all those dimensions. Burnout doesn't only come from overwhelm, but also from loneliness. So there are other elements like relationships, spiritual practices that really nurture you as a human being at your core. And taking that into consideration is super important because that's where true fulfillment comes from. And what do I mean by inside job is if we wait for the external circumstances to match our wants and needs, we'll wait forever to be happy. <laughs> so happiness and health is a choice. So every moment you can tune into happiness, you can decide to be grateful, you, you can 
take the next right decision for your health going forward. And I think that's key. It's that um, decision and that choice to say, I want to be healthy. I want to be um, happy, but not only when the external environment provides a reason for it, but because I give myself permission to feel good. Thank you, Heidi. Thank you, Alex. It was a real joy talking to you. And thank you to our audience for listening in. If you'd like to know more about Heidi and her work, please do visit her website. The link should be in the podcast description. And also, if you'd like to know more about INSEAD's coaching offer and the INSEAD coaching certificate, um, there will also be a link in the podcast description. Thank you very much. Thank you.